Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Gekonia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. Good evening, Gekonians. This is your host, Dave, speaking. I hope everybody's doing good out there. Uh, tonight it is November 3rd, and um, I have some news for all of you. I regret to announce uh, that I'm going to take Gecko Nation Radio off the air until the Walking Dead season is over. Uh, we can't compete, and our listenership is terribly low. Um, this will be the last show until the season's over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was wondering what all the hype was about The Walking Dead, and I never watched it. Uh, so I finally got all caught up on Netflix recently. And, uh, yeah, I get it. It's awesome. It's basically the same show over and over, and it's very predictable, but it gives you a good scare every time. Wanda is coughing up a lung over here for some reason. Um, I even stopped my 2 a.m. walks because uh, I was thinking I was going to get attacked by zombies, but uh, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, yesterday was the uh, White Plains show, first time on a Saturday, and uh, I don't know if it affected the turnout or not, but it seems it was pretty good turnout. It didn't seem to be as crowded as it usually is, um, like when they had the show on the Sundays, but it was good seeing everybody there, um, seeing all the, uh, you know, basically all the fellow vendors that I uh, usually talk with, and people like Jamie Carnes, um, saw Jay there. What's up, Jay? Picked up some awesome geckos. And, uh, of course, uh, Mario from Dale's Breed of Dragons. And uh, one of the coolest things that I got at the show, I'm going to actually made a video of my pickups. I'll be posting it probably tomorrow, uh, was a pink tongue skink from Jamie Carnes from Razor Sharp Reptiles, also a sponsor of the show. And I haven't seen pink tongue skinks at the shows forever. In fact, I don't know when the last time I saw any of them anywhere, so it really made my day, and uh, I almost could have hugged Jamie for it, but I was really happy. So uh, thanks, Jamie. Really appreciate that. And, uh, of course, Mario from Deals Green and Dragons, I think I mentioned him. And just so you guys know, Gecko Nation Radio uh, wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. So check this out. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need. From Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more. And all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, 
Contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. abdragons.com is your source for the highest quality doobie roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, abdragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. Razor Sharp Reptiles. Like the name suggests, Jamie Carnes has some sharp gecko and snake projects in the works. He is very well known for his work with rare species, such as cave geckos, but also has some of the prettiest radar projects I've ever seen. Razor Sharp Reptiles is also known for high-end fantails and beautiful rainwater leopard gecko morph projects. Check out RazorSharpReptiles.com online and on Facebook. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. All right, everybody, we are back. And um, lots going on in the gecko community, as usual. And um, tonight's going to be a great night. And uh, we have uh, Marsha McGinnis of Golden Gate Geckos. And I also have a special uh, co-host, uh, Matt Baronic from Sasebeck World of Reptiles. And uh, for you guys that want to call in later, we're going to probably be doing our uh, nightly contests. And uh, I know Marsha wants to give away a full prize. And uh, I may even give a prize away tonight, too. The call-in number is 646-478-5331. Again, it's 646-478-5331. Um, forgot to mention, I also saw uh, Thad from Ohio Gecko, the uh, show yesterday, and he had some really cool stuff, picked up a really nice uh, fat tail from Thad. And if you don't know who Thad is, Thad runs the Gecko Forum. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, the Gecko Forums on, um, online. It's thegeckoforums.net. So check this out real quick. Did you know that since 2006, there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums. All right, cool. I hope you guys are finding uh, Gecko Forums useful. It's a really cool uh, cool addition to our, uh, just basically our community, our information that we have, our resources. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and bring our co-host Matt on right now. And let's see, Matt is right here. Matt Baronic, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey, Dave, what's up? How's it going tonight? Very good. How are you? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Can't complain. Cool. Um, why don't you briefly, for people that don't know who you are, Matt, and for people that will be tuning into this rep, uh, this episode like years from now, just briefly tell the tell the people who you are. 
Uh, my name is Matt Bronick. Um, I own and operate uh, Fatsobek Reptiles. Um, and basically you can follow me on Facebook or uh, I do have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's uh, so Sasobek11 um, that I do videos every once in a while, but uh, haven't done any recently. But hopefully we'll get back to uh, doing those uh, once I complete uh, the new move to the new location. Okay. One of the one of the things when I first got into the hobby um, on a big scale about four to five years ago now, I believe, uh, one of the first things I noticed were Matt's videos on YouTube. So uh, Matt was uh, a big information, like a big, I'm sorry, a big inspiration for me in starting uh, my operation just by watching how he did it. So um, a lot of you guys have uh, been inspired by his videos, and a lot of uh, my videos are inspired by him. So, you know, it's kind of like a, a cool thing where we can all get it, others involved, and YouTube is a great platform for that. So, Matt, thank you for making those videos for all of us. Uh, no problem, Dave. No problem. And uh, glad that you started making them, and uh, hopefully we can inform everybody on the, the basic care and needs of leopard geckos. Yeah, yeah, you, your information is good. I don't have the patience to do those um, <laughs> those genetics charts and everything that you do. The um, forget, I even forget what they're called. The, uh, the Punnett Squares and stuff like that. The Punnett Squares, that's it. Yeah, the Punnett Squares. I, dude, I, I try to figure it out, and I, I basically know how the genes work, but I don't know. Punnett Squares is like reading another language sometimes. <laughs> Funny. Well, it's... Uh, it, and, uh, it's uh, a lot of people say it's like math. Uh, either, you, you know, you, the more you do it, the the better off you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I just got to put my head to it and start doing it more often. But, yeah. All right. What we're going to do now is we're going to uh, bring on Marsha. And a lot of you guys know Marsha. She's a big name in the community. Before I bring her on, though, I just want to mention that Matt is also going to be doing a special episode with us uh, in two days on Tuesday. Uh, Matt is, has been really busy lately, and I extended an open invitation to him uh, because uh, he's got a lot going on. He's in the middle of a move. He's just finishing that up, and um, I want to make sure that he gets his place on Gecko Nation Radio because he is a big part of the Gecko community. So we're going to do a special episode this Tuesday, so I hope you guys can tune in for that. And, of course, it will be available for download on iTunes the day after as well. As, and it's also always going to be on the blog talk site. So however you guys would like to listen to it. But I, I, I see that now that we're on iTunes, a lot of people are finding that easy to find us. And i got to tell you guys, this show ha- is, is basically blowing my mind how, how well it's being received. My last show is good, but the stats are like, I don't know, double and almost triple what they were with the last show. And I thought that, you know, things were going to be difficult starting it up. But it's like, you know, we just picked right up and kept going. So thank you all for supporting the show. Um, so let's go ahead and grab Marsha. Marsha is right here. Marsha McGinnis from Golden Gate Geckos, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio. I'm here. <laughs> What's up, Marsha? <laughs> oh, just a Sunday evening um, winding down. How about you guys? I'm doing good. Awesome. Matt, you there with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely here. Uh, it's uh, yeah, just that uh, just a Sunday night before a, a long week ahead of me. Um, yeah, sounds like uh, you got a lot on your plate for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, there's de- definitely a few more things i got to, you know, uh, do this week. Um, you know, got to go back out to Pennsylvania once, uh, have to set up about a 1,000 animals. And, uh, oh, you know, only 1,000. Yeah, only 1,000. <laughs> just, just a typical week at the office, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well hopefully we'll have a we'll just have a hang out tonight with everybody and just have a good old time. Yeah, we're gonna have a nice relaxing evening. Um yeah. you know, we're gonna touch on some topics and um Marsha, why not for people that don't know who you are, please uh you know, briefly tell us uh, who you are and what you do. Well, um I'm my name is Marsha McGinnis and I'm the owner and operator of Golden Gate Geckos. Um uh, where I work with um uh, seven different species of uh, geckos, um, leopard geckos, fat tails, and several species of uh, Australian knobtail geckos. And um, I just love them, and I've been doing this for a long time. I don't know, I don't know how to do anything else. I don't think. What's it been? For, uh, Seventeen years. Uh, since well, 1995 is when I started breeding. So mm-hmm. we're coming up on 18 years here. Yeah. Wow. That's, 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 that's good. That's a long time. That's a long time, huh? <laughs> well, Marcia, you know, you are very well known in the community, and uh, over the years you've been a big help to a lot of people, and your genetics are, your gecko genetics are global now, I would say, right? People have acquired animals from you. They're in Europe. They're all over the place, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would think. Yeah, yeah, most, most um, of the people, I think... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead, Marcia. Well, I was just going to say, most people associate me with uh, leopard geckos because I've been working with them the longest. But, um, you know, I do really enjoy working with the um, Aussie species, too. So, uh, And the people in Asia, mm-hmm. of course, uh, I don't have... The, I don't have really much market in Asia or in Europe, but they, I do ship, you know, get geckos out there, and people seem to be really enjoying them. Yeah. I think uh, for the most part uh, you're really well known for your sunglows, your pure patternless, um, your millie eyes, your Australian barking geckos. Uh-huh. Um, what else uh, are you really well known for? For Las Vegas, beautiful Las Vegas Jungles yeah, well, I've been yeah. My my latest project for the last few years has been cr- get to get the uh, uh, rainwater, or also known as Las Vegas albinos, uh, with a nice bold stripe on them, uh, which has been kind of a challenge. So uh, so far, mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with the project, and there's some people that are pretty excited about working with them too. So that's that's great. Hey Matt, you were saying that you were. Um working to to get Marsha's blizzard line pure again. How are you doing on that? Um it's 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 coming along. Um I found that the uh you know the, the male blizzard that I'm using um that originally came from Marsha probably about three to four years ago. Um it is tested to be het for nothing. Um Yay. so mm-hmm. that's that's a plus. Um mm-hmm. and then I did cross it to subspecies. Um, and then uh, I will be breeding the male back to those uh, cr- outcrossed animals this year uh, to get the to get the pure blizzards uh, back in order. Oh, that sounds great! That yeah, sounds so really, really great. Nice. Should, should have um, you know definitely some some cool animals uh, coming from that. Um, and of course, uh, Marshall will get her first pick of whatever ones she wants, and then we'll 
then we might start releasing a few of them, but it might be another year before some get released so that Marsha has a year mm-hmm. to work with them before. Yeah, uh, sounds great. Sounds great. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. That's just, no problem. That just tickles me to death. <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you guys, um, I'm waiting to see what a white and yellow blizzard looks like. And, oh, my uh, goodness. You know, <laughs> You know, Matt, you, you do a lot of work with the white and yellow. Do you think the white and yellow gene is going to have an effect on the blizzard, or do you think the blizzard will just overtake it? Um, it actually does not have an effect on the blizzard. I've actually made a couple of them. Um, they look slightly different as babies, um, but uh, they, you know, after a couple weeks, they just look like a regular blizzard. Um, it, it has really no effect on them. Um, the, no, the pattern lets it affect them a little bit more. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's just kind of as babies that you can really notice it. And then they just kind of look like a regular patternless afterwards. Um, I, I think what you might be thinking of is there, there actually was a picture, um, floating around, uh, I believe gecko forums that, uh, somebody was claiming that they had a, uh, a white and yellow blizzard and it kind of looked like a paradox, weird looking animal. Um, and I, I think that's what people thought they were going to be like, but, uh, you know, they're they're actually just kind of look like a regular patty or a blizzard uh, whenever you throw the white and yellow into them. So that's uh, in a way disappointing, but in a way it's uh, you know it's it's one of those things that you um, you have to kind of expect because the those those two genes are just so dominant that they kind of overtake everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I know that's that's a shame. I w- I was thinking in my head that maybe it would just create like a really crazy purplish and white gecko, but I guess not. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Hmm, too bad. Um, Marsha just dropped off. I think she must be having phone problems. So, um, Matt, we can just keep spinning a little bit. Um, you know, with, with the white and yellow stuff, it's it's weird. I mean, I guess, I guess you're probably figuring out what, you know, what it's going to look like with everything. You're probably mixing it with everything. Is there anything in the future that we can look forward to, like any weird combos? That you're going to be making? Um, uh, a lot of the combos have already been done. Um, the, uh, of course, the coolest ones, in my opinion, are the, the bell combos uh, with the white and yellow. Um, the, the, the tremper combos and the rainwater ones aren't as extreme as the bell version. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, there, there are a couple cool things. Uh, well, one cool thing in particular that hatched out of a white and yellow line um, that uh, is still kind of uh, under wraps in a way. Um, but uh, it, uh, people have definitely seen it. Um, I, I've posted pictures of it. It's uh, an animal that uh, definitely has less tubercles on it, um, especially down the dorsal and on the head. And they, mm. it has been reproduced um, a couple times. And uh, this coming year we're actually going to breed uh, – Two, you know, uh, of the the tubercle uh, reduced tubercle animals together, and see if we can't create like a scale list or something like that. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. All right, Marsha's so back with us now. Okay. Um, I kept getting Marcia, thrown let's, off. Let's I saw <laughs> that, and, and I I got you back. Uh, you know, every once in a while, there's there's some problems with the internet and the bandwidth and whatever. So you know, that could be an issue. But um. Let's just just, right, just jump right back into the conversation. Um, I think one of the things that um, we have to do right now is the news because I almost forgot about Steve. So, and Steve has some cool things to talk about. 
So one second there. Good evening, Gekonians. <laughs> good evening, Steve. <laughs> How you guys doing? <laughs> We're good. I'm good. How are you? You guys feel free to answer too. Yeah, I'm definitely good here. Oh yeah. I'm just wondering, did you get that gecko on con- on con- under control from uh, that loose gecko in San Francisco? Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, yes, we did. Finally. Oh, great, great. Yeah, it, right. it seemed like this particular gecko uh, had a had a, a fondness for. Um, uh, seafood, so we were able to we were able to waylay it at Fisherman's Wharf, and so hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully nice. that'll be the end of it. Yeah, I had a well, good time making that video for you. Yeah, that was great. I can't believe you caught that action. <laughs> I know, I know. You almost got that on too. It, yeah, What's really. That? And I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> well, I don't know how you couldn't have. Man, that thing was shoot, it was coming right up on you. I know. I'm a, hor- <laughs> I'm a horrible was, was reporter. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a horrible <laughs> reporter. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. It's just that uh, the, ge- the gecko is just more stealthy. <laughs> yeah. They are pretty stealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Stealth gecko. Funny. Amazing work though. Amazing. Awesome job, Steve. Yeah, Thank you. definitely. Thank you. All right, now keep in mind keep in mind everybody, Steve's gonna give us a bunch of stories. One of them is false. So keep that in mind. So go ahead, Steve, do your thing. Okay, our first story comes from Lincolnshire, UK. A reptile presentation was planned for students and was canceled five minutes before the presentation began. Reptile specialist Rob Louth, who is licensed and insured, received the call five minutes before the showtime and was informed he could not show any reptiles and was ordered to remove them from the school property. When he asked why, he was given no reason as to why he couldn't show the reptiles. The article suggests the ban was for the health and safety of the students. Oh, the disappointed, man. yeah, the disappointed students mm. enjoyed a demonstration a day later by him at a local youth center where he could show the reptiles. But there was no real explanation to why he couldn't at the school, and he had a he had done it several times before at that school. But the 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 title was "Teachers Ban Exotic Animal Expert from Showing Children Reptiles and Snakes for Health and Safety Reasons" is what the title of the article. Wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's like. You know, that's like one of the reasons they banned turtles, you know, in, for sale because uh, I think one or two people or something came down with salmonella. And, of course, it wasn't the turtle. It was because they were keeping them in horrible conditions and nobody knew how to properly 
care for them back in the day. You know, they, they used to sell them at, you know, Woolworths, those little quarter-sized radiator sliders, and, you know, they, they would keep them in those little plastic bowls and, you know, with no filtration. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, a kid got sick yeah. and, you know, that ruined that whole thing. But, you know, um, that's a shame. Yeah. And mm-hmm. our next story isn't any better. Will Travers, Uh-oh. the CEO of Born Free, posted an article called Pet Snakes Are Constricting Our Public Safety. Oh, my God. The ar- yeah. The article starts out by citing various deaths caused by pet snakes and continues to say snakes can be dangerous and make bad pets. And according to Adam Roberts, the vice president of Born Free, this is a national problem. Born Free will continue to push for constricting legislation on all pets. Wow. And, And in the article, there's a link to Born Free USA's database where they are tracking and recording various animal and pet-related incidents. And you can go right on Mm -hmm. on their site and on their database, and you can pick. And for species, they list reptiles as a species and and read all, I mean, there's over 600 incidences that they are tracking, that they have tracked and kept you know, kept in their database just on reptiles. But it covers all animals in there. Do you think that statistically that eventually, like, all the stupid people will get constricted by their big snakes and then you won't have this problem anymore? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to hope. I don't know. (laughs) One can hope, right? (laughs) I don't know. Wow. I just right. I, I think they they need to stop going after the animal and start going after the, the individual instead of exactly. going after everyone for it. Yeah. Just, yeah actually, actually, along that uh, that subject, I actually wanted to tell you guys a story of um, uh, whenever I was living in Connecticut the first time, um, I actually went to pick up some racks from a guy's house and. Uh, you know, went to his house, picked up these racks, and he actually had a 15-foot rock python um, that was basically his, the cage was his daughter's, uh, like, bottom of her bed. And I was like, that can't be really, really that safe. Like, uh, you know, to have a 15-foot rock python, you know, underneath his, his daughter's bed, basically. It, it's, it, it always just kind of struck me as, as, as very, very weird. Um, but, mm. uh, you know, it's, uh, it, I, I think uh, definitely the responsibility has to lie in the keepers. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's got to be some sort of, you know, you know, safety that they have to uh, uh, abide by. I mean, just, and, you know, most of us have it. It's called common sense. But, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of crazy to think that, you know, there's, uh, you know, a five-year-old little girl, like, sleeping on top of a 15-foot rock python cage. Like, that that you know, kind of was crazy to me, even to this day, um, even being, you know, in the hobby for so long and stuff like that, that, you know, 
it, you, you should have like a you know maybe a room for that or something like that. The you know that there's that there's not that um, closeness of you know child and that uh, proximity, right? Yeah, exactly. That you know an accident mm. could happen. You know, what I mean, I think prevention is um, you know a, a bigger deal than you know the actual event happening itself. I mean, it's the you know. You you wouldn't have a loaded gun under your kid's bed. Why would you have uh, you know a fifteen foot rock pipe on? In, in my opinion, mm. but, oh, that's a valid agree. point. That reminds yeah yeah, <laughs> and that re- that reminds me of the incident in Canada. But I I, I tell you, I don't know that we've gotten the truth about that because you know there still is no evidence that the snake tried to eat those those two poor children. And I'm wondering well, if there was a further investigation done. I don't know. Well, there, I guess I guess there was no bite marks on the children themselves. And I mean, right. no, no, so snake, no snake would get, try to constrict a, a child without biting it first. So, right. You know, exactly. so with no bite, with with no bite marks, I, I I think that's very far fetched. I know, and you would think that they would have an expert would have would have said, "Hey, listen, there's there's more going on here. That w- it wasn't the snake. I mean, all of us that know anything about snakes know that it was not the snake that killed those poor kids. You know, and." I don't know. There's definitely more going on with that story. But, yeah, go ahead, Steve. Okay, our next story. I couldn't find any gecko stories this week, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. A man was charged in Tallahassee, Florida, for shooting a snake. He videoed himself torturing and then shooting a pygmy rattlesnake. Ward Lee Waff, currently on probation for fish and wildlife violations, is now being charged with possession, possessing and capturing a venomous reptile without a permit and discharging a firearm across <laughs> a public roadway. Now, oh, my God. The video, there's a link in the article to the video, and it is horrible what this guy did to this snake. And it, it oh. appears that he just, he must have seen it on the road, pulled over, and, I mean, he he tortured it. I mean, he brutalized the snake. And then if somebody else came up on him, and, and he was talking to him, but he proceeded to get it in his hand, and take it to his vehicle, throw it on the road, and shoot it. And he posted Jesus. the video online, and that's how he was caught. Which I'm glad he Good. was. I mean, yeah. It, the video is horrible. Good. I like that, when people get caught for those types of things. Awesome. Yeah. So our, our next... Mm-hmm article comes from Key Largo, Florida, where a boa constrictor escaped its cage and caused a power outage when it entered a wall and slithered across bare wires. And unfortunately, the snake was killed. Uh, Unbelievable. It caused a fire? No, nope. No? Just a major no. power failure. Yeah, just yeah. just killed the power. Yeah, okay. Yeah, plus the blue yeah, or something, I would think. 
Yeah, I would think so. Hmm. Yeah. Our last story, Andrew Wyatt has joined Vitello Consulting. And this is directly out of the article. After years of leading national advocacy organizations in the wildlife sector, I, I took... I look forward to bringing my skills, experience, and contacts to Vitello Consulting. It's particularly exciting to explore the kinds of strategies and business opportunities with the individual clients that you're just not able to pursue when you're representing the entire sector. And um, for people who don't know, Vitello Consulting has been involved with U.S. ARC and U.S. HERP Alliance for several years now. Hmm. Hmm. Um, what exactly do they do, does it say? They just, I've, I've gone on their site, and they're, they, they just help in, like right here it says, Vitello Consulting is a full-service government affairs consulting firm assisting clients who concern whose concerns and interests intersect with the U.S. Congress and federal agencies. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. They should, hopefully that means we're closer to the government, I hope. And it's kind of, to me, I'm kind of up in the air on it because it says opportunities with individual clients, which... I'm not too sure if that's going to mean that means that he represents all of us anymore. I don't know. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm hoping well, he's still Herb with Herb, Herb Alliance. Herb Alliance. Herb Alliance. Right. Right, yeah. Right. Well, he hasn't said that he's closing down Herb Alliance, so that, you know, that just means uh, well, maybe we got to get him on and have him talk about it. Maybe I'll ask yeah. him. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. He's very yeah, I hope he's we'll still see. he's still with Herp Alliance. I hope. <laughs> well, they're, he's posting every day about it, so I can't see why he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. All right. Cool. But All right. That was our last story, oh. and one of them are fake. All right. Give us so, a quick and, recap, Steve, for everybody for all us ADD people. Okay. <laughs> Te- <laughs> teachers ban reptiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, pet snakes are constricting our public safety. Man charged mm-hmm. after shooting snake. Boa c- causes mm-hmm. power failure. And mm-hmm. Andrew Wyatt has joined Vitello Consulting. Mm. I think this is going to be an easy one, but I'm going to let Marsha go first this time. Okay. Which one's fake, I think... <sighs> I think the one that is bogus is the the school in the UK. Hmm. Okay. How about you, Matt? I haven't had time to watch the news or even read the news for the last <laughs> last month. Um, so uh, I I have no clue. Well, let's. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, just because uh, I was, you know, listening to the facts here. And at, at first he said uh, a python, and then he said a boa. 
the the loose snake causing the power outage. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with, too. It seems like a lot of people are saying the power outage one. Yeah, I'm thinking that might be the false one. Yeah, but looking in the group right now in the chat room, um, yeah, most people are saying the power outage. No, what does it say? No one has bare wires, and that wouldn't cause a major power outage. I think I had I had too many facts and all the other stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there weren't yeah, a lot no of facts. <laughs> so, I, so are we right? Is it the power outage, Steve? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and that, that was in. <laughs> that, that was totally, and that okay. to me that was, was totally believable. <laughs> <laughs> Only reason is, is I had a friend who was a professional belly dancer, and she had a huge boa constrictor that she used, and um, she kept it in a basket, put it in her car when she to go back in and have dinner, and then when she came out, her snake was missing, and then her car wouldn't start. So, long story short, they had to get all kinds of people out there, and her snake had gotten out of the gotten out of the uh, um, the basket that she had in the car and crawled up underneath her uh, dashboard. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, and then, yeah, and the poor thing, uh, it short-circuited everything uh, on her. She couldn't start her car, wouldn't do anything. So I got anyway. a funny story. Um, yeah, I, I got a funny story from way back when I was a kid. My dad used to... Um, run a, a department store in New York City, and they had a pet snake, a pet boa. One of the guys that worked with them had a boa, and it got out in the store, and it was gone for, like, months. And it must have been feed. Actually, I think it was, like, a year. It must have been feeding on rats or something because it got bigger. And one of the guys that he had working for him was in the bathroom one day. He was a Spanish guy. He didn't speak English at all. And there, everything was all quiet. And all of a sudden, the guy came running out of the bathroom screaming, La Cobra, La Cobra. The snake fell through the ceiling and landed, fell through the drop ceiling and landed on him while he was on the toilet. Can you imagine? <laughs> and it was huge. It, it well, got that would scare the you know what out of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was that a laxative that he took there? But, yeah, right? My dad told the story so much better and it was so much funnier, but yeah, I'll never forget it. <laughs> la Cobra, La Cobra. That's so funny. Wow. Hey Steve, what happened? What happened to you on the way home from the show? By the way, everybody, uh, Steve joined me yesterday at the White Plains show. Um, it was really cool having uh, the time to hang out with Steve. I re- this is the first time he and I actually ever got the chance to hang out. And um, Steve, did you have a good time at the show? Tell us a little bit about what happened on your way home too. Uh, I had a great time at the show, and the fake story was a little bit inspired by what happened. On the way home, originally mm-hmm. I thought I had a short under my passenger's my front passenger side seat because it caught fire underneath the seat. On my way oh my home, gosh. I've got like a four-hour drive, and I had only been three hours or an hour into the drive. I had three hours to get home yet, and it, it caught fire under the seat. <clears throat> so today I looked. I pulled pulled the seat out, dis- disconnected everything, and my exhaust somehow it must have plugged, and ex- the the muffler exploded, dire- and that's directly under that seat, and it, oh. the explosion oh. shot up and ignited the fire. 
my. under the oh sea. Oh, my God. Yeah, it wow. was pretty scary. <laughs> Jeez, that's dangerous. And, and you, but you made it, oh, I guess, yeah. it, what happened? It happened while you were driving? Did you, like, hear the explosion or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were driving. Yeah. Oh, my God. We were God. on 17, Route 17, and, and it was a loud bang and, like, a, a release of air. So it must have just built up pressure and then just let loose. Wow. It was, it was pretty scary. We, you know, we pulled over and you know got the fire out, and I'm looking. I thought it was a short, trying to you know trying to find bare wires and everything. I couldn't find any bare wires. Um, I got hmm. a little bit of repairs to do yet, but yeah, but. Um, did, did you did you have to have it towed or did you drive it home? No, I I drove it home. I actually gained did some you? horsepower. <laughs> I bet. I was just gonna say. And now you got a clean air filter on there, it, so it, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Well, I'm glad you made it home safe though, and it was really uh good hanging out with you, Steve. And uh, I think Steve also picked up a pink tongue stink from Jamie, right? Yes, I did. Oh, incredible yeah. little animal, isn't it? He's, he's, yeah, oh he's awesome. Awesome. Oh, he he's, he was all all over right. I have a bunch of enclosures that don't have stuff in it because I have a hard time not grabbing something if I see a deal. So I grab enclosures all the time. So I always have something mm-hmm. empty, and I had one set up for him in no time, and he was just all over the place in there checking it out. Nice. And my my yeah, daughter loves them. <laughs> oh, I know. Awesome little pet. That's for sure. Cool. All right. All right, Steve, why don't you give us your information for everybody so they can find you? All right. Check me out on Facebook and YouTube under BC Barker Creations. Awesome. All right. Next week, we got the boys from Herpentine Radio, and Steve made a great video for them. I'll be putting that out later tonight. So uh, thanks, Steve, and uh, we'll check out check you out next week. Really? Thanks thank a lot, you. Steve. Thank you. Oh, thank you. See you, Steve. I'll see you. All right, later, bud. Okay. All right. Wow, Steve's a great guy. Did an awesome job on the video. Awesome guy. Yeah, I'll say. And yeah, and he he got some nice Gecko Nation radio shirts made up for he and I. And um, by the way, uh, Marsh, uh, Marcy from MS2 is putting together a full cafe press site where you guys can order all kinds of great Gecko Nation radio shirts, t-shirts, cups, mugs, everything. It's gonna be it's gonna be all uh, set up really soon. So, That'll be a lot of fun. Mind yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm probably going to spend hundreds of dollars on all kinds of stuff. So, <laughs> But, um, all right, Marsha, let's get back into your interview. And okay. um, one, of the, one of the things recently is um, Steve acquired uh, a pair of milli that I got from you that he has now. And a lot mm-hmm. of people um, saw your recent article in, in Reptiles Magazine. What a well-written article and just beautiful oh, thank pictures. You. And why don't you tell people a little bit about the work that you do with these Australian barking geckos? And I know you have three different uh, types of them, uh, color-wise. And uh, yeah, actually, there's know four, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm, I've seen four, but definitely three uh, distinct color morphs. Uh, before I go any further, though, one of those photos uh, in that article uh, was taken by John Scarborough, and uh, it was it was a Golden hmm. Gate gecko, but he. Uh, he didn't get the photo credit for it, so um, I just wanted to say that uh, it's his gecko. He he got her from me, but uh, he took that 
he took one of the pictures. So I wanted to give him a, um, a shout out about that before anything else. So, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've been able to see. Uh, you know, at first I was seeing you know two distinct phases, but as I started working with him, I was really, um, I was really thinking, wow, I, that's, there's more than two here. This is. Uh, um, this is really interesting because not very many people were working with them, and um, the quote-unquote hypo or what I call the ultralights were, um, you know, were really rare. Uh, I, it is genetic, I found out, but it is not a simple recessive or anything else. It just it was driving me crazy trying to, uh, try, you know, trying to figure out the genetics on the on these guys, and I just never really could. But it wasn't until I talked to some um, some people in the, in Australia itself, uh, and I was asking them about the different color phases. And even though they really didn't have um, you know a straight up answer, what they what they said was a theory that I really uh, buy into, and I did put that in the article as well. Um, you know, they come from the uh, the southern coastal areas primarily. Um, you know, in Australia, and we know that anything south in Australia is cooler climate. So, um, and there's more, it's more woods and more, um, you know, foliage and less deserty uh, than in uh, central or um, central uh, Australia. So the general mm-hmm. feeling is that it's a, it's not necessarily a real morph in and of itself as much as it is a locality. Thing. For example, mm-hmm. um, things that animals that live, in, you know, in cooler climates may have darker, darker pigment uh, to help them uh, retain their temperature a lot better, you know, more or, or more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, efficiently. And uh, the farther north and inland, uh, which you, if you were to see the range map um, of the uh, milii, uh, you, it's it's uh, the, the soil becomes drier and deserty, and it's red. The soil is very very gold and orange and red colored. Uh, so it kind of makes sense. I mean, again, it's still just a theory, but it's one of the theories that made sense to me, and it, and it actually kind of let me off the hook because I was really wanting to, you know, get other breeders to work with me on the milii. Um, to try to get, you know, to figure it out. So we'll see. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. I really like They're the a whole, Yeah. I, a lot of fun to work I with. Like the, and they really do bark. What's up with these noises they make? Well, I think, I mean, most geckos are, you know, they do, they are, they will vocalize uh, one way or another. I mean, we've all been probably blocked or chirped at by a, there, there we go, uh, you know, by a uh, one of our geckos, but the the barking gecko uh, also the, is called the thick tail gecko. They when they're when they 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 when they think they're all being all bad, then they you know they'll get up on their tippy toes and lunge and bark at you with their tails sticking up in the air, and it's it's pretty hysterical. But uh, you know, it's it's their way of trying to you know say, hey, <laughs> you're coming a little too close here for comfort. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. No, and that's cool. Did, what happened? Like, like, how did you get the article in Reptiles Magazine? Like, how did it happen? Uh, did Actually, they approached me. Yeah, 
they really? uh yeah they they their their editing or their um their editor called me um actually sent me mm-hmm. an email and then i was thinking wow okay i don't know if this is you know is uh, i'll i'll check into it kind of a thing and then he said he mm-hmm. called me a couple of days later and said you know i haven't heard back from you <laughs> can you please write an article um <laughs> on the um barking gecko and i said okay um, when do you need, when, what kind of time frame are we looking at, you know, as far as my deadline and whatever? He said, um, I'd like to have it in three weeks. <laughs> and I said, I don't do anything in three weeks. <laughs> I might clean, I might get around to cleaning my bathroom in three weeks, but, you know, to write a full blown article, I don't know about that, you know, but. So we mm-hmm. we we got and it was also during the holidays too and I was like you're expecting me to you know I don't know if I can do that so he got he he was a little more uh, realistic after that and got it out on deadline and um, I was fairly happy with the article uh, although it was it was you know there was a lot of editing they always do that you know but um, I was I was yeah yeah I was I was pleased with with the way it came mm-hmm. out I wasn't altered too badly yeah no that's cool one of the topics we're going to touch on later on in the show everyone is we're going to talk about um what it's like being in the reptile community and uh marcia's going to share some of her experiences and matt and i'll chime in as well um but before we get into all that i definitely want to touch on some of the projects that Marsha's really well known for and one of those is well actually i'm going to name three of them my three favorites and that is your Sunglows, your Pure Patternless, and your Max Snow E-Fascios. Oh, so, E-Fascios, yeah. Yeah, why don't we talk well, about them first because sure. those are my favorite. Well, I wish favorite. I could take credit for um, the E-Fascio uh, idea. Actually, I uh, Albie was the first one to work uh, with that cross. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think he really did a whole lot with it, but what he what he did have I was just went crazy over, and I picked up a he wasn't he didn't have any he didn't have any males available, and I picked up one of his Fascio uh, Mac crosses, um, and I still have her in my collection. But uh, and I thought, well, gosh, he, he's he's he really needs to keep this going. I can't be the only one that really likes these, you know. I mean, I think they're beautiful and they and I was wondering if some of those maybe some of the snow morphs may have um come out of the you know the uh with you know out of the fat with some fascial influence you know um mm-hmm. I guess we'll never really know but uh but yeah I really enjoy them and I think that they uh, and you David you've done some amazing work with 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 the e-fascio max snow crosses and created some just really, you know, gorgeous animals. Thank you. So, Thank you very much. Well, and, yeah, I mean, there's, so, there's a, lot, a lot you can do with them. Yeah, and so far I discovered that the ones, the initial ones that I got from you have proven to not be head for trampers. So, um, you know, so far they're only proving to be possible head eclipse because a couple produced uh, right, head eclipses, right. so that's good. Yeah. So, well, so I may have to start my own. The thing is that uh, the very first ones uh, I used um, a ma- uh, I used a super snow mail, uh, mm-hmm. so I that way I eliminated all the possibility that you know, uh, or the question I should say that uh, you know any of them were were they, were they really Max Nose or not? So they were, 
Um, and then I, I, I used another mail um, and with another, uh, another combination, and that turned out to have some, uh, uh, some question on, on uh, is there uh, eclipse genes uh, floating around in there? And I, I believe that there are. And I think, didn't you mm-hmm. prove it? Yes, but that's good. I yeah, I like that though because you know, like I said, it's yeah. easy to start my yeah. own pure eclipse line, which is yeah. which to me is appealing. Perfect. There yeah. you go. And if I can make you know, if I can make um, uh, super snow eclipses that are tremper free, that's that's good in my book. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Matt can't be the only guy with pure eclipses out there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, somebody should have some by now. Um, definitely. <laughs> You think? <laughs> I, I hope I was so. Wondering, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if he was falling asleep. I just had to get wake him up a little bit. That's all. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely still here. All right. Feel free but to yeah, I, 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 I still, I still yeah. like, I really enjoy working with them. Uh, I just think that the the fasciolatus uh, combined with the snow, it just really um, pulls out the, you know, the pastelli coloration in the in the in the morph you know the the beautiful lavenders and the you know uh the pale yellows uh i i just i think they're striking and then recently i saw yeah. somebody post um on facebook a uh, photograph of a mac fascio cross uh that he that, that came from golden gate geckos that he crossed with a mm-hmm. uh, uh uh, white and yellow, and I just went. Oh, that was incredible! Things. What a beautiful, oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful animal. So you know, there's just um, you know what I've been doing is just the tip of the iceberg, really. I think I, you know there's just so much potential there to you know if if, if people wanted to see what you know what uh, what they could make out of it. Yep. Shout out to Jeff Scott. Here's Jeff Scott for everybody. Roach cow, roach cow, roach cow, roach. I'm not playing the whole thing, <laughs> but you get the point. That's Jeff Scott. <laughs> That's Jeff. <laughs> yeah, good job That's on that great. gecko, Jeff. Uh, not good job on the uh, roach chow song, though. Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. It's so annoying. It's you know, it's like I don't know. I got I had it stuck in my head for a week. I'm so glad it's out of my head. But um, yeah, you know the Matt Fascios. I think Matt, you're working with some fascios too, right? Um, I actually have some uh, some pure fascio stuff, and then um, I've, a- I've actually crossed fascio into other things um, that uh, it- it's kind of funny. I actually don't even really tell people anymore that it's in there because um, I- I've outcrossed stuff so much that, like, I don't even tell them that there's really subspecies in there, but there actually is. Um, in, yeah. in, in, a lo- in a lot of my bell stuff, uh, there's fascio. Um, and then... You know, I, I have, you know, so many of the other subspecies as well that uh, mm-hmm. do some projects with that kind of thing. And actually, speaking of, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the fascio from Albi, um, I actually own him now, um, the original fasciolatus male that Albi used to create everything. Cool. Um, oh, and cool. I actually uh, actually crossed him to uh, some, uh, some females this year that are het for nothing. Um, so that is actually where uh, my 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 new line of of stuff uh, that uh, I'm calling the vanilla line, um, just because they they're vanilla. They don't have anything in them. They're just uh, 
normal leopard geckos. Um, so, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the the male that I use to, to do those animals. Yeah, doesn't he, you know, Marsha? I know you were working with some of the Albi line breeds and those stuff, and I I know you you are as well, Matt. Um, have either of you discovered if any of the uh, line breeds know from Albi are hit for anything, or are they pure? The only thing that I crossed the uh, uh, Albi line bred snow with was, um, <laughs> uh, guess what, fasciolitis. So mm-hmm. I didn't. I haven't done any crosses at all with them. What about you, Matt? Um, I actually haven't done any crosses either. Uh, I got a pair off of Marsha, and then I had an extra male. Um, and actually didn't really do anything with them this year except for breed the pair together and got a couple babies out of that. Um, I was in contact with Albie a couple weeks ago um, because he had mentioned that he, you know, wanted to sell off um, all of his remaining leopard geckos, um, but we just haven't talked any further about, you know, what all's left and, um, you know, what projects he still has, actually. Hmm. Um, but it would be kind of interesting to see what all he has left and, uh, you know, continue those lines, um, you know, going uh, especially if he's, uh, you know, not going to uh, be doing the leopard geckos anymore. Hey, Matt, do me a favor. Um, maybe you could ask him about that. And um, Because, I mean, I would think that if you bred enough Albi Linebred snows together, sooner or later, if there was something in it, you'd see it. But, yeah. you know, it'd be nice yeah. to know if, it'd be nice to know anyway, because I crossed one of my, um, my I crossed my funky jungle male to uh, an Albi, Linebred snow crossed to a fascia that Marsha that I got from Marsha, and I didn't produce any albinos. And by the way, all the babies came out normal banded, so I don't think the funky jungle gene is recessive. I mean, uh, dominant. I think it's likely recessive, and I think that's what a lot of people are are saying. But um, you know, we don't have to get off topic on that. But I'm more con- more concerned about you know whether it's hit for something or not. But so far, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't hatch out any. I didn't hatch any bells. Just, you know, for, so you guys know that, at least. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing that I've ever seen Albie actually cross is line bread snows, too, um, is the, the fasciolatus stuff. Um, and uh, the, there was one year where he crossed them to the Ray Hines carrot tails. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think he just sold off all those animals. And they were actually pretty cool because they were, they were like a very tail animal, but they still had the carrot tail. Um, but the mm-hmm. carrot tail was even like a paler color, um, which made them actually look really, really cool. And they, um, you know, thinking about those over the years, um, I'm actually going to start a project this year um, actually not using the line bread snows, but using something else and crossing it into very colorful animals to create um, like pastel looking animals. Oh, nice. So I yeah, will. Cool. I, I won't say the ingredients um, yet, but uh, that's that's <laughs> kind of one of the things that I'll be, you know, attempting to do to see if I can create, you know, pale looking uh, animals like those old school albi animals. Master, Marsha, you're making too much noise. Somebody is. I'm no. I'm it's sorry. Definitely not me this time. <laughs> no, it was me. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> All right, um, we're coming up at the halfway point, so I'm going to play the um, sponsor plug real quick. And, guys, uh, the second half of the show, we're going to be touching on a whole bunch of other topics, and I'm also going to open up the phone line. So here is the phone number. It's 646-478-7444. 
646-478-5331. All right, so it's 646-478-5331. All right, I'm going to put us all on mute and check this spot. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more. And all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Razor Sharp Reptiles. Like the name suggests, Jamie Carnes has some sharp gecko and snake projects in the works. He is very well known for his work with rare species such as cave geckos, but also has some of the prettiest radar projects I've ever seen. Razor Sharp Reptiles is also known for high-end fantails and beautiful rainwater leopard gecko morph projects. Check out RazorSharpReptiles.com online and on Facebook. ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality dubia roaches, whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps. ABDragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt Reptile Heat Tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. Want me to be cleaning Like, 
I get really nervous in these things, but I do them anyway. But, um, yeah, it's funny. I get, I don't know. I, like, I can't wait to leave, but I also love being there. So, just so you guys know, that's my issue that I have. But, um, all right, we were talking about some of Marsha's projects, so, and we just sit on the, the patios. One of the things that's really interesting, and if Marsha would stop making so much noise, that'd be awesome, I'm trying to get my dog out of, of the room <laughs> so she will quit squeaking <laughs> her squeak toy. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Um, Marsha's line of patterns are very impressive, and people used to make fun of Marsha. For those of you guys that don't know, people used to make fun of Marsha because uh, she kept uh, what they considered old-school morphs or whatever. Um, she kept those pure lines going. And she must have knew that someday that they'd be very important. And they did become very important. And um, one of those special projects is their pure patternless. And because of her line breeding efforts, they're different than any other patternless I've seen. They have bright orange tails. So, Marsha, why don't you tell us a little bit about that project in particular? Well, I, you know, um, I picked up my first patternless. um, Gee, I don't remember when it was. Probably it was before 2000. 2000 um mm-hmm. and i and, and at that time they were kind of they weren't real yellow they were more uh i, I almost want to say like a khaki color or, or sometimes even a, kind of an olive uh hue to them but i liked them they had great dispositions um and so i wound up with a pair and crossed them and I had problems with kinked tails, uh, which was a typical problem of the Murphy patternless back. It wasn't called a Murphy patternless back then, by the way. It was it was called a patternless or a leucistic, mm-hmm. which is not correct. But uh, but anyway, um, so I I started collecting, you know, and holding back the best of the best, and I discontinued breeding the uh, the ones that were producing kinked tails. And sure enough, lo and behold, they started, you know, developing some really pretty orange just at the base of their tail, and their colors improved. And as time went by, um, I held back the best of the best, and I kept what I call parallel lines. Um, Since I don't, um, I I selectively breed, but I don't inbreed. Um, So uh, I had two complete, two separate groups of uh, uh, patternless breeders, and I would hold back the babies uh, that I thought were had the most potential or turned out the nicest, and then cross them back with the others uh, with the with the opposite group, and that way I was able to outcross them and work with their color in their. It, it's not really a carrot tail because technically, for something to be called a carrot tail, it has to come from Ray Hines uh, carrot tail line, and none mm-hmm. of these. Are, have any Ray High influence. They've never been bred with anything except another patternless and uh, Las Vegas albino. I, I, had, uh, I had one female designated uh, for, with my uh, Rainwaters or Las Vegas at that time and created the um, – created at the time people were really interested in uh, Las Vegas patternless albinos. Uh, and, um, of course, I don't cross those anymore. Uh, so I wanted to hang on to them. I thought that they were – worth uh preserving uh along with the blizzard and 
Uh, and at the time, you know, a lot of people were really, I mean, new moors were coming out, and especially combination moors were coming out left and right. And uh, um, I, 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 people would tease me and say, oh, Marcia doesn't, she doesn't create anything. She just works with the old school morphs. So, you know, they thought I was obsolete. And then it was like, oh, boy. And I was like, you know what? One of these days, people are going to want these pure morphs to, to test breed or to cross back again with, because there's, our genetics are going to get so complicated that maybe, maybe somebody will find the value in these. In these. And, I, and I, I asked, let's don't call them old school morphs. Let's call them classics. And it kind mm-hmm. of stuck. And sure enough, um, you know, I can't, I can't seem to produce enough, enough Murphy patternless. Uh, to keep the demands of you know the waiting lists that I have, which is wonderful, and people are, are actually, you know, they might have projects with them too, but they're they're actually more inclined to keep them pure, which is, which is great. But then again, you know, it, it makes for kind of shallow gene pool, you know. Mm-hmm. So right. you know the more, the best we can diversify, um, then you know, or or at least not you know, uh, you know, not cross you know direct siblings and things like that and. Otherwise, we're going to start seeing kink tails again. I think so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I think if we're careful and we put them to like some efascios or something, other subspecies, perhaps, you know, sure. maybe, you know, that would be good. So, you know, that's what I would. Well, think we're going to have to leave that up to years. you guys because I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> I know. Well, because everybody that doesn't know, Marsh is going to be retiring, kind of, and you know. You were saying that you know you're not going to be going away completely, but uh, what is your what's your plan for the future then? I want to retire. I've been I've been a gecko uh, breeder for close to well working with geckos for close to 20 years, and uh, my husband has been with his uh, with his employer for 40 or for, in April it'll be 40 years, and uh, mm-hmm. we're tired. We're we're just tired. We yeah. we we bought a beautiful home uh, on acreage up uh, in the foothills in the Sierras, about a forty-five minute uh, trip to the west to the west entrance of Yosemite, and um, that's where we want to be. So we're just waiting. We're just waiting for some loose ends to get you know taken care of. Also, you know, we've got to see what Obamacare is going to do for us as retired people and. Uh, you know things like that, but um, I'm on, and on top of that, I I don't I think some people are aware, but I you know I'm I'm my health is not good, and uh, I have a progressive autoimmune disease uh, as as well as fibromyalgia, but the but my my spine and my joints are disintegrating, and so it's just going to be surgery after surgery and um, donor bone grafts and. Uh, things like that to to keep me um, on my feet, and I, I just simply cannot uh, take care of the animals in the way that I want to. So um, I'll I'll mm-hmm. always have some, you know. I'll always have geckos, uh, but I'm uh, I will no longer be a business. Uh, I will probably liquidate uh, Golden Gate geckos. I'm not sure if I'll sell everything lock, stock, and barrel, or just try to continue downsizing like I am now, but, uh, yeah, so I'm hoping in the next year, um, two for sure, but in the next, within the next year, we'll be in a pretty good position to, uh, 
to retire. Yeah, and you know, everybody out there, um, take this take take this into consideration. Some of these lines of geckos are very very special, and these this is like a heads up to everybody. If you're serious about geckos, and you know someone like Marsh is leaving, this is your chance to get these genetics. And genetics is everything in this. We're all playing a genetics chess game. If you don't have certain things, you know, it's just like, you know, you're not even in the game. And, like, for instance, a lot of uh, some of my projects, well, not a lot, but some of my projects came from Paul Allen and of the Bright Albino. And I'm, like, honored and feel so good to have some of these geckos in my collection. And so, guys, hit up Marsha soon before they're gone forever. And then, you know, once they're gone, well, some of us will still come to break the lines. But eventually, those lines get diluted. They're not the same. You know, um, you know, we do outcrossings sometimes to strengthen the bloodline. Then the appearance will change a little bit, right, Matt? Like things like that happen all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, you can chime in on this too. Like, what isn't it? Well, important? I'm hoping I'm hoping things? that people will even, you know, maybe you know, take it, take it, uh, take it in for a, a, you know, all to a, you know, to a, a full run and and re reinvent the uh, reinvent it by my putting their own spin on it you know uh on the morph and and improving it or or line you know doing some selective or line breeding to um put their own little signature on it too but um it, it, well, mm-hmm. i would be i would be deeply honored to know that um you know all the years that i've been working on these animals uh has paid, you know, it's paid off in the sense that you know people have uh, are finding them to be valuable in in more than just money, but in in the fact that uh, you know uh, there's just once I quit making them, it's up to you guys to continue making them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize what goes into this. This is this is years and years of work. I mean, oh, I mean, this is time, blood, sweat, and tears, guys. You know, this isn't just you know, throwing a couple animals together. You guys, you guys, if you're on Facebook, you see what a lot of us breeders go through, um, you know, out here, especially a lot of us that are in the spotlight more or less. And that brings me to my next topic, Marsha. Let's, let's talk about your experience being in the gecko community. And, you know, you've been in the gecko community particularly over the last 17 years. Uh, Matt's been in it for, what, probably close to 10 years now, right, Matt? Um, uh, yeah, probably pretty close at this point. yeah. Yeah, and I'm in it. I'm in the. You know, I've been in the. I've been into reptiles my whole life, pretty much, since I'm like eight years old. But I've been in the gecko community for probably four to five years now. And um, mm-hmm. you know, in that time, in that time, I've learned a lot and seen a lot. So, you know, Marsha, take it away and tell us a little bit some of your experiences, if you will. Well, I mean, um, I prefer to, to. I prefer to focus on the good ones because there's some that are not so good too, um, and all mm-hmm. have been learning experiences for me too. Um, there's been some mistakes I've made uh, that I'm not real proud of, and sometimes they were, you know, by using poor judgment, and sometimes they were just accidental, but. You know, if you sit and dwell on those kind of things, um, you 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 won't you won't get as much joy uh, out of the work that you do with these animals. And so, I prefer to think about the the good stuff. But I think um, as I'm approaching um, uh, you know retirement, that you know you kind of get into a situation where you reminisce a lot and you and you look back and you think uh, over 
all these situations, and I remember this person, and I remember that person, and a lot of them are no longer, you know, involved in the uh, in the in the uh, reptile uh, community, uh, you know, and some have you know retired themselves, and some have just vanished. Others are have mm-hmm. have uh, hung hung in there and and uh, um, tried to make the best of it, but I think that. One of the things that I miss the most, if uh, if I can go that route, is, you know, in the beginning, um, when, you know, when leopard geckos were becoming, uh, you know, a, a mainstream, uh, starting to become a mainstream animal in, or pet or whatever you want to call it, um, there wasn't a whole lot on the Internet. I mean, at that time, people barely even had, you know, computers <laughs> other than that, that didn't run on that, that ran on didn't run on windows you know <laughs> so there was really not much information out there and um we would come across each other uh the breeders or, or keepers you know kind of by accident or by design or you know at a reptile show or something like that but when it finally did open up and, and it, you know, it, we, we connected with people all around the world uh, who shared the passion for these animals. And I think the thing that, that, that affects me still the most is, you know, we really, really liked each other, um, the breeders. We genuinely mm-hmm. liked one another. We, we, were, we were genuinely happy. When somebody created something, or somebody got a pretty gecko, um, when somebody was was down, and I can I can think of one or two really really uh, very traumatic situations um, with you know with breeders, you know the whole community banded together. Uh, mm-hmm. You know it, it uh, there was camaraderie. I mean, people genuinely worked together, liked each other. And we're 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 um, proud to know each other and glad for other people's successes and we're there to support them when they had failures. And I just don't see a whole lot of that anymore. Um, I think this show, David, is uh, is a good way um, to you know to bring that back or to bring that that aspect of this business um, you know into reality where you know different people. Um, you know, come on the show, and um, you, they, you know you get to know them a little bit, and you don't feel like there's such a stranger or such an entity that there's an actual human being uh, behind all of this, and or human beings, I should say, that you know. And we all do this for various reasons, but I I would like to see it to where we did it because we we love we love the animals and we genuinely um you know we're not adversaries uh we're we're on the same we're on the same team and i i I'm, I'm hoping someday we can get we can get back to that again but i've seen so many changes with new morphs with new equipment with you know i mean gosh I, you know it it's it's boundless every, it seems like every time i go to a show you know, somebody's got something new or some new way to do something or, you know, in, uh, new kinds of racks or a new um, controller or new products. Uh, and it's just amazing. It's, it's just expanding in leaps and bounds. But 
I just I I would hate to see people lose track of you know the foundation and and of, of this community. Uh, and I and I I mm-hmm. miss that. And I still am very very dear friends with people that I've known for seventeen eighteen years. You know, maybe even longer. Um, some of the best say, friends I've ever made. Yeah. Would you say that Facebook is a good thing or a bad thing right now in the gecko community? And you and Matt can both answer this. Well, I think it's a double – it could be a double-edged sword. <laughs> I agree. Um, I think it's a good thing um, and a bad thing. <laughs> and and I'm, 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 try, I'm not trying to, you know, skate away from the answer to that, but – you know, there was a time when uh, information forums, uh, such as uh, King, King Snake had the first leopard gecko forum online community, uh, and then uh, uh, Rich at, at Fauna, uh, Kelly took it a step further with geckoforums.net. Uh, and, and back in those days, uh, uh, you know, uh, there was uh, Geckos Unlimited, which is still around, uh, has been, they have a pretty solid core group of um, gecko people there from around the world. But I think that people are getting more away from the online forum-type-based uh, communities because um, there's just too, too, much, too many rules and too, and too much politics. <laughs> and, and people can go on Facebook, make their own page, uh, run it the way they want to run it, and if they don't like it, or if somebody else doesn't like it, you just delete them. Or that's it's just you know, it's 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 instantaneous. Um, and we're mm-hmm. coming into a you know we're 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 in the middle of an age where we're plugged into everything. You don't ever see anybody that doesn't have a, a cell phone in their hand and are going to wind up with arthritis in their thumb from texting. Um, it's just mm-hmm. the way it is, and I. So in that in that sense, I think that Facebook is a really really good thing. Um, uh, on the flip side, when Facebook is not a very good thing, um, I'm glad that there's a delete button where you can mm-hmm. you know delete what what you've said or what somebody else has said on your um, on your page, uh, you know, and just make it go away. Period. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and and all of us have done have done and said things um, online uh, or in a forum or whatever that we had we just gotten up and walked away from our computer and thought about it or even slept on it overnight would never hit the send button. You know, and um, so I I think that uh, because we communicate through electronics so much that we're losing we're losing the face to face or the uh, the voice to voice communication. That is so important to um, build um, alliances and friendships. So yeah, no, that's important. Yeah, yeah, I think it is because I, I mean I've never met I've met you, Matt, several times, but I mean mm-hmm. David, I'd love to be able to just give you a big hug and and say hey, uh, now I know what you look like, and there's a lot of other people that um, that I've known for years and I feel very close to them, and but I've never laid eyes on them. And so, Marcia, if I was if that, I was older, your your husband would have some. If I was older, your husband would have some competition right now. No, you, what you mean is if I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
getting deep now. No, I'm, I'm well. I'm Are sorry. You I was trying me? to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love you, Marcia. I love um, you too, David. You know, <laughs> let me tell you guys. Uh, what I, the bad side about Facebook, Matt. You know it. I know it. I've seen. Not only have I made some of the, some really terrific friends, but there are some crazy people on Facebook. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It, like I've been the subject of attacks. Matt's been the subject of attacks. Marcia, or oh, Marcia yeah. was the subject of attacks. And we, and I think we've all been attacked by the same people, a person, people at times. I mean, I don't know. It is a forum. It is a a place for for crazy people to vent too. So. You know, that's the unfortunate thing. But, Matt, I'd like to give you a, a chance to talk a little bit about how you feel about Facebook. So, you know, go ahead. Well, I mean, I can I can probably say that I was probably one of the, you know, first people to really try to make a presence on Facebook, I guess, in the, in the Gecko community at least. Um, and, you know, it, it basically stemmed from... Uh, I mean, to, to be to be totally honest, I was I, I was bucking the system, and it was. And Marsha knows it. Um, you know, I I, I definitely uh, had a mouth on me whenever I was younger, and you know, in, in a way, I still do. And you know, somebody uh, you know craps on you, you crap on them back. Uh, basically, is how I, I took everything. And, um, you know, especially whenever there's uh, online forums um, and, you know, it, it kind of touches on what Marsha said that, you know, each forum was kind of a, its own little government. And yeah. whenever you didn't agree with that government, um, you know, you, you were definitely subject to banishment. And I was definitely banned. And, you know, it was one of those things where YouTube and Facebook became my outlet to be like, okay, well, I'll show you guys. And it actually turned into a much better thing for me to, you know, express what I knew and, you know, my knowledge or whatever on Facebook and on YouTube. Well, um, and you were, so, um, to, and not to interrupt, but you were also one of the people that, that spearheaded or the, the pioneers in doing the videos too, Matt. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that kind of all goes back to, um, you know, I saw what Brian Barczyk was doing with, uh, you know, Snakebite TV. And I was like, that, that could be easily, you know, turned into some type of gecko show. And that's where the basis of that kind of evolved from was just that idea. And um, but there there is the negative side of YouTube and Facebook that anybody with a keyboard or a freaking iPad or a smartphone they they can interact with you um, and you know some are in good ways some are in bad ways um, and it's it's kind of how Marsha was saying that you know at least they have the delete button but once it's sent. I mean, you know, my Facebook page, uh, you know, it, it's got almost 10,000 likes right now. As soon as something's posted there, 10,000 people will see it. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's up there for five minutes or two hours, um, people will see it. And, you know, mm -hmm. with, you know, taking those screenshots, stuff like that, once it's up there, it's out there. Um, you, you might hit the delete button and it might not show up anymore, but people have seen it, and they they know your stance on things. 
And that's what mm-hmm. I think people need to watch out for is, you know, posts that are made that um, could adversely affect them later on down the road, whether it be, um, you know, people's perception of them or uh, whatever. You know, once that post goes out, once you hit that send button, you know, there's no turning back. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, shots fired, that's, you know, that that is what it is. Um, so I've always made it a point not to delete anything that I say because it, it's out there anyway. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. deleting it kind of makes it look like you're, you know, um, escaping from it or, you know, trying to, you know, say that you didn't say it or something like that. I mean, there, there's definitely posts where I've definitely come back and been like, you know, I was wrong, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, there's other posts where, um, you know, it's basically if if I said it, I was definitely thinking. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I, and a, a lot of people, you know, know this about me is that I'll put it out there whether you like it or not. Um, and, you know, sometimes that hurts. Sometimes it, it, it's helpful for me. But um, it, at least everybody will always know that, you know, I, I, I will speak my mind and it, you'll hear it one way or another, whether good, bad, indifferent. Um, it, it's definitely coming out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that definitely has put me in some interesting situations um, at times. Um, but I think, it, you know, it, being consistent with that, um, people will respect you from because, you know, they, they know what they're going to get from you. Well, exactly. You're, you're they always to... know where they stand and what to yeah. expect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know. And it's, uh, you're, you're not going to be wish-washy or anything like that. If, if, if you put it all out there, I mean, you got to, you know, you got to put it all out there all the time. Mm-hmm. And, that's, um, and, and that's hard for some people to take. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've lost sales because of it. I'm sure I've gained sales because of it. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, you got to be careful of what you put out there because that's going to be people's perception of you. It's no longer this face-to-face contact like Mark mm-hmm. was talking about. Yeah. It yeah. is um, it, it, what you put out there is, you know, the reflection of you, and that is what people see. It, it might not even be anywhere near what you're actually like in person, but that's what people are going to see. And well, and the other that's, thing that that's is... The bad part. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, is that, okay, job, people, when people are looking for jobs, they, ha- they hire companies that, that scour the Internet. Um, and one of the things that they, <laughs> that they look at is somebody's Facebook page. Um, it's, and people have lost jobs because of it. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure that if it continue, you know, a lot of these things can be pretty sinister. Um, I just think that you know we all need to be aware that, like Matt said, you know, you put it up there, it's there, and it may even if you even if you do take it down, we don't know if uh, <laughs> you know, we don't know if some bot has you know uh, come in and and waylaid all your you know. <laughs> all your information, it's, uh, that's kind of, that, that scares me. Maybe it's because I'm an old lady and all this stuff, uh, you know, um, is worrisome for me. But I just would hate to see, you know, uh, people get, you know, literally drug, drug through the ringer um, over something that 
you wish you would have deleted, you know. I've seen a lot of people get hurt, um, you know, not physically, but I've seen a lot of people's feelings really get hurt by others' words. And, you know, it reminds me of, like, when I was a kid, you know, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words can never hurt me. But, you know, hear something and you can't unsee something. You know, like, like right. Matt was saying, once it's there, it, you, you, once you yep. read it, it's imprinted on your brain. You know, you, you saw it, um, whether it's true or not, you're going to – it's going to create some kind of emotion in you. So the way I try to do things is I try to be respectful and I try to think about how what I type is going to affect others. And I always, always, always try to be positive because I, I want to be remembered as a positive person and I want people to think back of, you know, Dave and David Swain Gecko. Oh, he was a pretty cool guy, you know. That's what mm-hmm. I want. That's what I want. You know what I mean? And, you know, we all have our own personalities, and that's, that's cool. You know, I have my times when I'm really pissed off, too, and, you know, I'm, I can, you know, curse like the best of them. But I try to keep my profanity to, to zero online, and I try to think very carefully of everything I write. And I cringe at some of the things other people write. And, hey, I've been attacked. We've all been attacked. And what do you, like, that's my next question to both of you is, is why do you think um, people that are, in the spotlight, so to speak, or that have, like, a higher presence online get attacked by people for no reason oh. sometimes. You know, why do you, why do you we're, think we're that We're more happens? visible. It's, it, it's that it? simple. We're more, we're, we're more visible. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. You so know, and you I think, think I think it? the other thing is, too, is that people can, that we can, we, all of us can feel um, powerless at times or, uh Sometimes it might just be self-imposed, but other times it's only, you know, perceived, for example. But I think that there's a difference in hurting somebody uh, inadvertently versus, you know, something that is deliberately designed to to hurt or with malice. Um, that That's where, when you know that, you know, Things have gone too far uh, as far as um, being accountable. Uh, we're all have to be accountable in life for the choices that we make, for the for the consequences of those choices. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no escaping it. We <laughs> we just have to. It, it just has to be that way. But when there's no accountability, and you're you know you're plugging away on your on your on your device, um, it kind of gives people the. How can I say it? They 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 feel a little more um, or a little less destru- indestruct or more indestructible. Let's put it that way. Uh, you know that they you can get away with more because you're not facing somebody. <laughs> you're not looking them in the face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it becomes easy, and people can get real brave, uh, uh, you know, on, online. Uh, which, in in a lot of times in real life, they probably are very meek and feel disempowered for some reason or another, and and they're looking. So to answer the question is that sometimes people feel um, like they don't that like they don't have power, or they don't have. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it just raw jealousy as much as I would that, 
you know, it's it's like a little kid that's, you know, squabbling over which sibling got the bigger bowl of ice cream, you know. Uh, yeah. It, it's... Uh, well, somebody recently... Somebody recently attacked me, and I went back and forth with PMs, and I gave the person my phone number, you know, to to try to work it out. I did everything I could to say, all right, listen, you have some kind of an issue with me. Let's talk about it. Let's try to figure it out. There's no reason for you to be upset. You know, I'm willing to talk to you man to man. And this guy just wouldn't call me. I mean, he had a problem online. He definitely, you know, Mm -hmm. went online saying, threatening me, and, and I couldn't figure out why. I never had any issues with this guy. And you know it's like totally like weird and like like where the hell did this come from? You know, it's yeah. Like, you don't even see you don't even see it coming. You know, it's like wow, I didn't even know. You know, but I think it's like I don't know. You can do everything right, and you're still gonna have people hate you for no reason. Absolutely, and know. there's nothing we can do about that. And we can't always, you know, just uh, be be slaves to other people's opinions of us either. Um, mm. Especially if it's just somebody who's, like I said, deliberately trying to hurt uh, uh, or, to, or to ruin somebody's reputation or ruin somebody's business or ruin somebody's uh, good standing with, you know, you know when it's m- malicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that you can't take back. Yep. No. No. Well, everybody, I want to open up the phone lines. If you guys have questions for Marcia, Tonight, the number is six four six four seven eight five three three one, and uh, let's let's uh, if you guys want to call in, that's great. We're also going to do a contest. Marcia wants to give away a prize. Um, we have about twenty twenty three minutes left in the show, and um, I want to uh, definitely say try to keep your questions for Matt uh, for Tuesday because Tuesday is going to be his whole whole the whole show is devoted to Matt. So tonight, um, you know, who knows? This may be one of the last times that Marsha is on the air. I mean, I hope you'd come back for another episode, Marsha, but, oh, you know, yeah. you never know. You, know, you can't get rid of me that fast. This, this isn't going to be okay. a long time. Come on. Oh, <laughs> all right, cool, cool. We're, we're going we're gonna to drag you out of retirement, that's for sure. But, um, all right, Marsha, did you, were you able to come up? Actually, we have a caller coming on now, it seems, from the, um, we have a caller from the 666 area code. Let's see. Okay, caller Uh-oh. from the 666. Area code, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Cool, well, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh no. I guess I got. got I guess I got you, little Miss Goody Two Shoes, didn't I? I got you good. You think you're all that? <laughs> Why do you think it was so easy for me to just go in and release your secret project? It's not so secret anymore, is it, little goody two-shoes? Sooner or later, that, that giant animal would have escaped anyway and destroyed San Francisco. And you're just mad because you couldn't call it Godzilla because Steve has Godzilla. <laughs> I guess I showed you. But I tell you, Alejandro, Alejandro, could you please come and rub my shoulders? Uh, that... Sleeping on that. Oh, I'm hard getting rid of it. I'm getting rid of her, Marcia. Terrible Marcia's. dark cell was terrible. I hung up on her, Marcia. That was uh, oh, the mean old gecko lady got through. I'm sorry, Marcia. She she just has a way of doing that. 
<laughs> she's the one that released the giant gecko in San Francisco, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, all, all I right. all I can do is hope that my lawyers uh, put a put a stop to her and put her away for good because um, I'm just, I'm I've had it with her so. But I want to talk right. about we, good things. I don't want to talk about the crummy things. Okay, we have another caller on the line here. Um, caller from the 330 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello? Hi, caller. How are you? I'm good. You? Good. Who's this? This is Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Do you have a question for Marcia tonight? Yes. Go ahead. Um, Hi, Brooks. Let's let's hear it. Hi. <laughs> um, I was. Uh... Don't be shy. We're all, we're just talking about geckos. It's all good. Are you there? No, oh, she hung up. <laughs> I think she was really shy. No. Aww. <laughs> Um, <laughs> maybe she's another one here. All right, caller from the three caller from the three one seven area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, caller. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, hey Mike. Marcia. What's up, dude? Hi, Mike. Hi, Marcia. Hey, I've got a couple of your sun glows that you sent me earlier this summer, and they're doing great. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Good. Are yeah, they? They're getting nice and big. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, they they don't they they certainly don't miss any meals. <laughs> no, they don't. They they love their uh, mealworms, but I think they, they like do. the worms and dubia better. Well, you know the gals that help me uh, uh, with the geckos and stuff. Uh, one of the things that they say is, "Okay, let's hurry up and get get to the babies so we can watch the sunglows eat." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do do have a question for you. Sure. Um, you know, do you keep your uh, your wheel or I on sand, right? Yes, I do. So when you feed those, do you feed them out of a bowl or do you feed them, just put the feeders in the uh, in the enclosure and let them try to find them? Um, well, it's a little harder with the dubia because they want to tend to, bur- they burrow in the substrate. Uh, but uh, no, I, I don't, they're, they're, I haven't ever had a, a knocktail gecko that, I could ever get to eat out of a bowl. Um, so I used to, I just, um, I get some pretty good sized uh, dubia and sometimes crickets, and they will, a lot of them will eat um, uh, superworms too. Okay. But I like to hand feed those um, as a treat, and then that way I can pinch off the head before they swallow the whole thing, you know. Okay, uh, but Mo, I just throw, I put I put it in there. You got to be careful with wheelerai or with a lot of the Australian species not to put too many feeding feeder items in their uh, in, in their enclosure at one time because they get it freaks them out. They can really get stressed out. Yeah, I've noticed some of them. Uh, I'll put a doobie in there one time. It uh, it landed on one's head and it didn't know what to do. It like scratched like a dog would trying to get it off. It was pretty. Oh funny. yeah, they 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 are they're just panicked. They 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 scratch and claw and try to get out and and and, and everything. So you, you, it's it's better to feed them um, smaller amounts more often. Okay, that's what I do. For I that feed reason. them. I feed them one by one. Do you? You know, I just I wa- I watch them eat. Yeah, I've got five of them, but uh, yeah, I watch them eat because yeah. I, I like to know that uh, they've eaten their food. 
And like you said, the dubia do tend to burrow. That's why I was asking about the dish. I mean, I don't see why not. Uh, you could, but I have just never had luck um, with um, any of my knob knobtails eating out of a bowl. Um, that just or or even drinking out of a bowl either. I, I keep water bowls there, but most of the time that they dig up the place, the water bowl winds up being, you know, full of you know full of substrate. <laughs> right. So I, I just missed, I just, you know, missed the sides of their tubs, um, you know, regularly. So, and they will just lick the droplets off the walls. Okay, yeah, that's mine, that's mine do pretty much. So, anyway, thanks, Marsha. Oh, you're uh, sure welcome. Yeah, well, feel nice free to, part. hold on. Yeah, well, feel free Hold to on, Mike. Me. Oh. Yeah, Marsha, do you want to ask him the contest question? I don't know that I even mentioned it. <laughs> Why? Well, well, all right. Um, What's the question? All right, well, make a, ask him a random question. Okay, a random question. We'll, we'll help Mike yeah. out. Um, Matt, you have a, you you want to? Where? Yeah, okay, where? Matt, right. Okay, all here's right. the question. Where is is Marcia and her husband going? Where are they going when they retire? Hmm. She talks about uh, I it think a lot. Right? Near near Yosemite, on the west side. <laughs> What's the name of the town? What's the name of the town? <laughs> the name of the town. Um, you know what? If I went back and looked at my emails, I would probably know the answer to that question. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mark told me. In, uh, well, I, I don't even know in. that I mentioned it. <laughs> uh, That's what I was saying when Dave, when, when Dave says, "Okay, we're ready for the contest," and I was like, "Oh boy, I don't think I." Even said the the contest yeah. question. <clears throat> well, you're you were listening, so you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I win. So you're gonna get the- you. I'll give uh, you. I'll give you a twenty five percent off uh, discount. Oh, awesome! Whenever Thanks, it doesn't expire, and it doesn't expire until I've expired. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. All right. I, I, Good I, listening, I could probably Mike. use Yeah, I could probably use a barking gecko in the future. Well, okay. Sounds good. All righty. Thanks, All right. Marcia. Have a good night. You bet. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. All right. Cool. Mike's called <laughs> in a few times. He's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, guys. Oh, we have another caller on the line. He's been on hold for a while. Um, caller from the 432... This is Daryl. You're alive on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, Dave. Hi, Marcia. Matt. How are you guys this evening? Hi. Oh, pretty good. Daryl, is it? Yeah, Daryl. Yeah, uh, I've, I've sent you a few emails. We've talked about the e-fascials uh, that I want to get from you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, all right. Good to hear your voice. You bet. Yeah, I've uh, I've got one of your geckos, kind of, sort of. I've got a sun glow that's a golden gate cross with a tripper that I got from Dave. And I've picked up a few geckos from Matt and a few from Mr. Trimper and John Scarborough, so I've, I've, I'm, a, I'm establishing a pretty good collection from the well, guys, say, in my some opinion. Great sources, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, not not really a question. Just wanted to call in and let you guys know that that uh, what y'all do, I think, is great, and uh, keep up the good work. And Dave, the show was great as usual. But uh, one comment I wanted to make, Marsha, I think you hit the nail on the head. Is people on Facebook will do things 
sitting behind a computer screen that they would never do face to face. And I think yeah. that is the, yeah. I, I think that's the whole problem. Yeah, and, uh, I think yeah. I think it is yeah. too. And because you don't have any real accountability, or and you're not giving the other party a chance to you know uh, interact, uh, you know, so you know a lot of times you won't get in an argument with somebody because we're looking at them, right? Exactly. <laughs> and argue yeah. back, and so it's just real easy to bang it out on a keyboard and. Yeah, you know, and I always said, Dave can attest to this, I always, you know, I, I was never going to be on Facebook because I'm old school, kind of like you are, Marcia, and I said I wasn't going to do it, but... Classic, classic. Classic, there you go. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, then if you want to get some of these nice geckos, like for Matt or Dave or any of these people, yourself, you know, there's not very many people that do it online anymore. You have to go to Facebook. It's kind of, you, you kind of get forced to go that route. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's good. I mean, you know, in the old days, I'm an old snaker from the 80s, so you had to pick up the telephone and call somebody and talk to them and ask them questions and and discuss what you were doing genetically and this that. Well, you and the had other. to network with all, a lot of different people. Yeah, I mean, it was a real, it was a, it was a more tight knit community. I right. think. I mean, not that right. we're not now, but I mean, it's wide open. You can talk to people all over the world in the touch of a mouse. You know. Well, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's and more so, personal. It's more personal. Uh, it was more personal. Exactly. And all exactly. the crazy, and all crazy people from all over the world, all the crazy people from all over the world can, can get in touch with you too, Daryl. <laughs> well, exactly. That, and, and that's the deal. And you guys, I, I think Matt and y'all touched on it, where y'all are quote-unquote rock stars and everybody wants to be touchy-feely with you. And so you've really got to, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're, you're trying to perpetuate your business and do the right thing and then you've got some weirdo that's you know gonna sit there and try to belittle you or or knock you down because that makes them feel better in the long run i think i think they're the ones with the problem yeah of course that's that's very true well we all have we all have problems and i think that one of the things we need to to really remember when we're having a problem with someone else um that it can only be resolved by dealing with with that person. Exactly. There's just no resolution. There's no way it could be resolved, um, um, you know, in such an impersonal uh, format, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, so, I mean, I just wanted to call in and say, hey, I know you're short on time, Dave, and I'll get out of your hair, but everything is great. Matt, just hang in there. Get your geckos moved and set up, and uh, we'll be ready to buy some more. There we go. Well, definitely, and uh, hey, thank Darryl. you very much for all the support. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, Daryl. I just I want to tell you, um, I'm I'm glad I, I I love our phone conversations. I'm glad you and I became friends, and um, I just want to thank you for supporting the show. And um, for all those of you guys that don't know, Daryl used to run a, a mouse breeding operation, and we're actually going to have Daryl on the show, and we're going to. He and I are going to talk about what the hobby and the and the thing was like when we were younger. And he and I both remember a lot from back then. And hmm. um, he lives he lives in Texas, and he's got a lot of great experiences. We've had a lot of great conversations. I think it would make for a great show. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to putting that together with you, Daryl, in the future. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, I've got you know uh, I've got a lot of old uh, old knowledge, not much new knowledge. You know, I'm. Uh, 51 years old and have an eight-year-old son, Matt, who plays hockey, by the way, in West oh, Texas, nice, nice. if you can believe that. Hey, you got some so, ice cream there. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to relive uh, my youth with reptiles because I kind of got out of it in the 90s, and so now I'm getting back in. And Mama's not real keen on snakes, so she's letting us have a few <laughs> leopard geckos. So, so you're a, you're an older proven breeder then, huh, Daryl? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, that is true. Exactly. He's one of those classic morphs. Classic oh, morphs. That's right. Morphs. Yeah. You, you know, you get a late start when you wait till you're 38 to get married, and then you wait till you're 42 or so to have a have your first child, and probably the only one because I'm getting way too old for that now. But but really enjoying it, and uh, he he loves it. Uh, I, I told his mother that it could be worse. <laughs> You know, lacking reptiles is is not that bad. It could be a whole lot worse. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Wait till you start That's bringing newbie roaches in the house, right? <laughs> oh, she hates those, by the way, yeah. So. But anyway, I, I just wanted to, to call in and and, uh, and tell you guys, uh, hang in there. And, uh, Marsha, I will be getting with you because I want to pick up pick up a few things from you. Okay. That's, um, I'm awesome. here. Awesome. All right. All right, guys. Thanks, Y'all have a good night. Thanks for calling in. You bet. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. Daryl's cool. I like him. Uh, Daryl is building a very, very impressive collection, let me tell you. And um, he knows he knows where the good stuff is. So um, I like people like Daryl. They know where the good stuff is. They want the good stuff. And, you know, he's going to be definitely somebody to keep an eye on in the future. So um, thanks, Daryl. Great. Um, we have yeah. about seven... We have about, yeah, we have about seven minutes left um, in the show, uh, at least four minutes to talk with Marsha um, before we uh, wrap things up. Um, so I'm trying to think, what should we, what should we close, close up with Marsha tonight? What would you like to close, close the show with? Hmm. And, and, you know, this isn't the last time you're going to be on, obviously, but, you know, to, to put a nice, nice end to, to our discussion tonight. And Matt, feel I, I, actually, I, well. I actually think that we should give uh, Marsha a huge round of applause for the years of work that she's put into the gecko community. Um, oh, and nice. with the, um, you know, all the ups and downs that she's had to go through. Um, and she's, she's the type of person that's always there to listen, um, no matter what. Um, we, mm-hmm. me, me and Marsha have definitely went through our, our, our issue of a time before... Um, be, because we, we we both stood up for our friends, and because of it, um, we became very good friends as well. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. uh, you know, Marsha's that type of person that she's she's got a bigger heart than anybody else in the community, and she's always there mm-hmm. to help people um, and to guide them. And if if we could carry on something from Marsha. It should be her heart and her wisdom and knowledge um, and in passing that on to to the next group of people that's coming through. Mm-hmm. That was very well said, Matt. I feel, <clears throat> I feel exactly the same. And, um, Marcia, you've become just a really good friend of mine. And I don't know, I've called you on several occasions upset about things, and you were always there for me, too, and gave me some terrific advice and terrific listener. And uh, I don't know. I, I hope you don't go anywhere anytime soon. I understand that, you know, we all get, you, well, you're tired and you're older, and I get it. Um, but just know that there's a lot of us out here that really care about you. Well, so. that, 
excuse me, I'm having a little hard time swallowing here. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. What, what, were you choking on that martini, Marsha? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, more of a wine, I'm more of a wine person. <laughs> but, but thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I... Uh, Oh, like I said earlier in the show, I you know I, I miss I miss the days that um, all of us breeders could be friends and mm-hmm. genuinely genuinely care about each other. I mean, some more than others, and some were you know kind of a, every now and then you'd roll your eyes or whatever. But you know what? I mean, what what's happened to us? And it's just um I, I'd really I'd really like to be remembered f- you know, for being one of the classics or the whole one of the old school breeders out there who genuinely, genuinely cares about not only my geckos, but the people in the community too. I really do. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. so I wish we could all get I wish we could all get back to that. And I think that if Every one of us just could get through one day with an, a random act of, you know, kindness and let it play forward. Um, maybe, you know, you know, maybe maybe we can, well, it'll never be what it was, but maybe it'll be just as damn good or, or better. So let's try. Mm-hmm. I agree. That was great, Marcia. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up, everybody. Um, I want to thank everybody that tuned in. I want to thank everybody that called in. Um, everybody in the chat room, you guys are awesome. Um, the support for this show is just unbelievable. I just want to thank all of you guys. And um, keep in mind, next Sunday is we're doing a crossover show with Herpentime Radio. And uh, this Tuesday is a special Spare of the Moment show, uh, all for Matt, and uh, we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, and uh, he's going to update us on his current events and stuff like that, so don't miss it, and um, I think we'll wrap things up, Matt. I want to thank you very much for being a great co-host tonight as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for uh, inviting me on, and uh, anytime you need somebody to, you know, help help talk you through one of these shows, I'll, I'll definitely be there. <laughs> I, I I make I make uh, definitely hold you to that. I appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. All no right, problem. everybody. No. Um, okay, I'm gonna let Matt go and Marcia go. Marcia, I thanks love for you. tuning in, everybody. Yep, and I'm just gonna play the final outro plug of the of the evening. Um, take care, Marcia. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Okay. All right, everybody. Great show as usual. And here we go. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Spine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. 
check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance. They are our most effective defense against legislation that threatens our rights of exotic animal ownership. Sign up for their newsletter and donate if you can at usherp.org. All right, everybody. Um, again, great episode, and I'm going to leave you with some final closing um, thoughts. Um, and I'll be in the, the uh, Gecko Nation group for a while after the show. Um, everybody, this community that we have is so special, but it's also very fragile because we, we all have differences. And um, like Marcia said, we really should try to come together for the good of the many. There seems to be divide and conquer stuff going on. Um, there's a lot of envy. There's a lot of hate. Um, if we don't come together, we're surely going to lose this. Um, let's try to put aside our differences for the common good. And if we do wind up losing this, it will be our own fault and we will deserve it because that means we didn't fight to keep it and protect it, just like a lot of things that are going on in our country today. All right? It's time to do the necessary things to protect what we hold dear and what we care about most. All right, everybody, have a good night. Gecko Nation Radio signing off.